Revealing truth by exposing lies. What does that mean? That means that on this podcast, we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, but we have an intention in mind, and that is to move beyond political ideology, religious dogmatism, tribalism, and nationalism, even beyond personal opinion, beyond false authorities that so many people don't even question, and taking you, the audience, someplace that you may not be quite ready to go, to that place beyond us and them. This is Two Dimwits. We are two political idiots who want to discuss politics and religion. Dwight Hignite on the left, Mark Matthews on the right. Thank you for joining us as we find common ground between the far left and the far right. Well, Dwight, here we are sitting at the coffee shop. I was able to get you uh, out of the house for a minute. Amen. And, <laughs> thank uh, you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, you know, I, uh, I like to be able to, to get out a little bit. It's a Saturday night, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, of course, at our age, it doesn't really matter. But the uh, yeah, Saturdays, Saturday nights, about thirty years ago, is a little different. That's what I was going to say. I mean, do you remember what we were doing in high school on uh, Saturday night? Yeah, there's a good chance neither one of us would have been sober right now. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we we probably would have would have gone over to Jimmy. That was the Jimmy's house was the place to go. That's right. We'd be at Jimmy's house. Yeah. Yeah, and his, he'd have booze. Yep, and his mom would be gone. His mom would be gone, and. Uh, all the misfits would assemble. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, who was the other guy that was there that you know that was younger than us? Well, we had Eddie Tusk. That's, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Eddie Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. I told you I ran into him in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Let me did. tell you the story again because yeah, I didn't get, him. what it was was um, I'm I'm working at a McDonald's right, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm on a, I walked to work because it's on 16th Street in Camelback, and I li- I lived in this place for apartments just down the street, mm-hmm. so I'm walking to work and I passed Jimmy. Uh, uh, no, not Eddie. Eddie, I passed Eddie Tussinger, and I immediately, of course, I recognize him. How would you not? You know, right? You know, and I mean, it's that's 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 Eddie. So, um, (laughs) but I I I didn't call his name to memory because we weren't that close hanging out, really. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm walking by him, and he walks past me, and I stop, and I turn around, and I'm like. I'm like, hey, dude. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, recall his uh, his name. Like, right. And he's like, I know you. And he's like, he looks at me, and, and then he recognizes me. Uh-huh. And we're like, what's going on? And, and I told him I work right there. And uh, and he's like, well, I live right behind that McDonald's. It's like, what a coincidence. I mean, uh, what a small world, right? Yeah, especially way away from, from Salem Springs, Arkansas, the two yeah. of you guys. Phoenix, Arizona. What are the chances of that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever had any experience like that? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, I ran into a friend of mine when I was in college that I hadn't seen since uh, third grade, and uh, he recognized me before I recognized him, and uh, it was a real strange thing. Started up a friendship that lasted off and on for several years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, you know, when I was a little kid and we moved away, I didn't think I'd ever see this kid again. Wow. And uh, then to see him, you know, like in his 20s and me in my 20s, it was 
It was a strange experience. Oh, wait. It gets even weirder now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Because as we were talking, he was telling me about um, this girl that he was uh, dating or something to that effect. Um, and she, he mentioned that she was from Alaska. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, did you know I grew up in Alaska? And he's like, no, I didn't know that. So we're sitting there talking. And it turns out that this girl's brother used to bully me when I was in fourth grade. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah. In Alaska? Yeah, isn't that weird? Oh, like, my goodness. It turns out, because this, this guy was named Morgan Blakeman. Now, that's a name that is forever etched in my mind. I can imagine. Okay. And the thing is that, you know, when we would get off the, the school bus or wait for the school bus, there was snow, it was Alaska, he would like smear my face in the snow. He did this a couple times, right? Uh-huh. And I would go home crying and, you know, because my father was a minister here, I'm trying to uphold the Christian moral values at, you know, at, at five years old. Right. And uh, um, I was pretty young. I think it was five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I was in first grade. So mm-hmm. what would it have been? Um, no, that'd be about five or six years old. Right. So I was about that age. And so I don't want to fight back because I think that's a sin. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. in my small little mind, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. Right. right. And, um, so, but my father and mother talked about it, and, and, and my father told my mother to tell me, uh, and I overheard the conversation, to just stand up for yourself. And I'm uh-huh. like, okay. So the next day, uh, we're at the bus stop, and this kid wants to bully me, and this time I just let loose. I'm just throwing fists, you know. Yeah. And um, so he uh, uh, backs off. And the thing about bullies that I learned that day was that if you stand up to them, then they want to be your best friend. Right, they respect strength. I, some of them. Some yeah. of them, right. So yeah. what was funny is that the next day, um, we, we get to school, and, uh, and he is like all being my friend and stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like thinking to myself, like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then he walks me around the playground, because yeah. I'm still a new kid in town. Right. He walks me around the playground, and he, and he introduces me to all of these other kids. Like, there was this one kid named Ronnie, and he was, like, this big football. He looked like he could be a, uh, you know, someday he's going to be a, a football player or, or maybe a firefighter or something. Right. And so he introduces me to Ronnie, and he says, hey, Ronnie, uh, this kid's name was Washaka. He's Indian, and he knows martial arts. Don't mess with him. <laughs> That's what he said about yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, so this is a psychology of a bully, right? Uh-huh. So, like, he wants to bully me. But when I stand up for myself, then he wants to be my best friend. But, right. but he's got to come up with some kind of a logical reason why uh, I was able to beat him down, you know, when he when he was the bully. You know, he's the tough guy. Right. So why was I able to stand up to him? Well, the answer is, oh, he knows martial arts, you know. Right. And I, right. he just pulled that out of the air, of course. But, right, right. But because I had this Indian name, um, that made sense, right? It, it kind of like, all right, so his, his, his nickname was Washaka. That's what everybody called me. And um, so he goes, oh, yeah, and he's a, he's Indian. He knows martial arts, so don't mess with him. I, I'm not sure what being Indian and martial arts have to do with well, one another. But. When you're five years old, it makes sense. It makes and perfect sense, yeah. So, he, uh, <laughs> he, so this was the guy that bullied me in school that I remember him. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that his sister was somehow romantically involved with our buddy Eddie. And I run into him on the street. So that's, that's not just a coincidence. That is, that's like a trilateral coincidence. That is crazy. Isn't it? You know, there was a, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, trying to think of his name, um, his last name was Forte, and it was in, uh, I think, the middle to the late 19th century, and he really, 
really was into these strange coincidences. He had this saying that every time a bottle of ketchup was spilled in England, it affected the price of tea in China. I don't think I ever heard that. Have you never heard no, that? No. Okay. Well, the idea is... What, what I have heard is, what does yeah. that have to do with the price of tea in China? Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably off of that saying, to be. be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, his whole theory was, is that the world is so interconnected and so um, closely connected that one series of events, which would seem mundane, could affect an entire giant series of events. The butterfly effect. The butterfly is the effect. Idea. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen the movie and I'm familiar with the idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure um, where to go from there, but you know, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, that's. We're just having an open discussion here and yeah. uh, testing out our equipment. Still, uh, we had a little, we had a little uh, recording session last night, and we we recorded some good material, but unfortunately, it got it got lost, and yeah. so um, this is this is a problem that we're trying to overcome. And, and maybe you guys in the future will be able to hear something about what we talked about last night. Yeah, we can pick that up another time. I mean, we know that material. It's just that, you know, it, I really feel like the, the, the pleasure of listening to a conversation and participating in a conversation is being able to um, experience the spontaneity of it. Not being, you know, it's, if it's rehearsed and it's, uh, it's material that you've gone over once before, then there's not the same kind of, I don't know, Right, right. And we become news reporters, and instead of just two dimwits yeah. trying to talk about things, yeah, it takes the fun out of it too. <laughs> That's exactly I mean, right. no, why would you be doing this if it wasn't fun? That's Absolutely. the whole thing. Absolutely. So, you know, it is fun to talk about events in your life that don't really, you can't really explain or don't make sense, and you don't mm -hmm. know how that came about. You know, like the incident that I just related to you. Um, and how the world is connected. But another incident that happened to me that's bizarre, and I thought maybe we'll go there and talk about it. It's not really connected, kind of off-topic, but going in a different direction. Sure. Um, I was working in a hotel in Las Vegas in the housekeeping department. My job was to pick up the dirty laundry. So I'm walking around. Uh, it's the it's the uh, the big pyramid in Las Vegas, the Luxor. Yeah, the Luxor. I've been there. Right. Pretty incredible. So I'm up there on the like sixth or seventh floor, and I'm walking around. Now, when you're on the seventh floor and you look over the edge, uh, you're looking into this big hollow space. And right below me was the McDonald's. Hmm. Okay, the fast food court was below me, mm -hmm. and there was a some laundry sitting there, and I didn't uh, want to pick it up this time. I was thinking to myself, well, I'll just go around again and pick it up the second time. But the thought comes into my mind: if I pick it up and toss it off the edge of the, it'll land on the roof of the McDonald's. And so, so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I have this impulse, you know, to do that. And then, the, how old were you? Oh, you know, this was like 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years yeah. ago. That's still. Okay. Oh, I've been mischievous my whole life. Okay. How do you think I got my nickname? Right. Um, anyway, so I'm thinking to myself, uh, the, the thought occurs, it's an impulsive thought. I think, you know, toss it off the roof and... And I'm like, immediately I think, no, that's stupid. That's a dumb idea. Right. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. So then I, I go on my way. And I make my rounds. And about, I don't know, about, I'd say maybe uh, 10 minutes later, I, I'm back where I started, okay? Uh -huh. and, and, I, and I'm passing this spot. And I realize that the, the laundry's not there anymore. So I kind of look around. And I, I just kind of glance over the edge. And sure enough, there it is on the, on the roof of the McDonald's. And I did a double take. I was like, what? Oh, and, 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 and my heart started to be a little faster. I'm thinking to yeah. myself, I'm thinking, what? 
what what happened? Did I do that? Right. That's the first and thought. Not remember it, did sure. I do it and yeah. not remember doing it? Right. Yeah. And then I did a self check and I'm like, no, I did not do that. Right. I remember saying to myself, that's a bad idea. Right. And walking away. So then wow. the question becomes, did someone else get that same idea and act on it? And if that's the case, then here's the hypothesis. Mm-hmm. What if this is this idea didn't originate with my own mind? What if there was like some alien force or some kind of like energy force or maybe just a, a like this 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 I don't know how to describe it. The idea was just floating in space and somebody walked into it and acted on it. Wow. We and, are definitely down the rabbit hole there. Now if, if that's true, I mean let's just hypothesize for a moment. If if that's the case, then you know maybe it wasn't my idea originally either. Maybe somebody else left that little nugget and I ran into it and I didn't act on it and then the next person did. I mean um, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's possible. You know, you know, have an energy. We're, we're too disembodied. We're, we're talking about some strange things. So <laughs> here we go. To look at it from a uh, Fortean perspective, I guess you could say a Forte perspective. Maybe if things are so interrelated, maybe for some reason that no one could possibly know, it was destiny. For those clothes to be on top of that roof, I don't know. You know, maybe it was maybe, meant to happen. Is maybe what you're saying. it was meant to happen. Maybe and for some reason, whoever's clothes they were, or whatever, whatever room, it was that would set in place an entire chain of events that could have affected world history. We don't know. You know. All right. That's very now, strange. Yeah. It is very strange. Yeah. So now let's 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 follow that train of thought a little bit. Okay. Sure. All right, so uh, I had suggested that you watch a TV show called The Travelers. Yes, I've and, seen and a few you, You've been watching a little bit of yeah, it? A little bit. Okay, so you, I don't know how far you've gotten, but let's... Not very far. Um, the, the premise is that these people are time travelers, mm-hmm. and they've come back in time, yeah. and that uh, and they're, they're uh, being given direction for assignments that, you know, on a daily basis, basically, it says, okay, you have to do this to save the world, and you have to do that to save the world. And the directions that they're receiving are coming to them from the future and in the future there's this quantum computer right and it's you know it's hard not to think of this computer as being like God right this Be- super high artificial intelligence that knows or is so smart it can predict anything and work yeah. things out and not only that but it recalibrates everything when they do make changes so if they make a significant change in human history um, the ripples of that go forward in time and the quantum computer can then do some kind of analysis and, and keeps track of these different timelines mm-hmm. and different possibilities. Endless, you know, right. countless. And only right. a quantum computer could do that according to our science today is what we're being told. Right. And right. so um, so this is an interesting um, thought experiment, this TV show. And, um, uh, you know, it, it raises a lot of questions. So and it, it kind of fits with what you just suggested. Like if there was this idea that for some reason... It was destined that these uh, dirty laundry ends up right. on the top it, of McDonald's. It sounds ridiculous. It know, does. But, it, but it's possible. But, you know, if there was a quantum computer in the future that said, okay, was giving me direction and told me, okay, do this, because it knew that th- that this was going to produce a series of events that would take place, uh, or, it, or you know. Now, in this, this again, brings us to the idea that, um, that God may, that there may be a divine... Um, uh, omniscient or uh, I don't know what words to use here um, some uh, divine being let's just say mm-hmm. that um, higher power a higher power or some kind of something that's operating 
an intelligence that's operating outside of space and time that's, that's interjecting um, ideas into people or uh, causing events to happen for a specific outcome and that uh, none of us in this can really evaluate this but um, we but if uh, we I'm tempted to take us down the uh, the other rabbit hole of the simulation theory okay we'll, yeah I'll let you go ahead and go and then well and that does lead to this I mean there's a yeah. lot of uh, there's a lot of scientists out there who are talking about the idea that mm -hmm. we are in a simulated um, universe. Basically a computer simulation. Yeah, it's like a video game and because exactly. we're on the inside of the game we don't recognize that everything is an illusion. Right. You know, and this kind of gets back to what we talked about last night which is the Maya, the Eastern philosophy idea of everything's illusion. Right, yes. Uh -huh. And what is so strange about that is there's actually beginning to be some scientific evidence that this universe that we live in is a simulation. Right, that's what they say. It's so strange, so strange. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was listening to a podcast, um, Jeff Daniels was talking about this, and uh, I'll have to share it with you, it was really brilliant, sure. uh, the things that he said, and um, he, and he wasn't denying it. He was he was agreeing with the premise, and and he he went on this diatribe for about ten minutes, and it was very fascinating. I mean, it was like a stream of consciousness thing, and I love it. Kind of like now. Well, <laughs> I try, that's what I try to do. You know, that's the goal. That's, right. That's yeah. what I'd like this podcast to be. is yeah. a stream of consciousness. Right. And um and not really know where we're going to end up. Right. You know what I mean? But right. but he concluded his statements by saying that even when you get to the uh, enlightenment. Even when you reach enlightenment, you still have to chop wood and carry water. The mountain yeah. is still there. Right. Right. So the so you can you can come to realize that you're inside a video game. And you, can, you still have to exist within that simulation. That mountain is still there. That's right. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of his conclusion on the matter, and I think that's probably mine as well. Yeah. There's there's not a lot you can do about it. It's just really it's more of a a philosophical way of seeing things. Um, I don't know. It's 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 well, quite unnerving to think about it like that. But like I said, you still have to chop wood and carry water. We still have to go to work. We still have to, you know, do whatever it is that we do. There's not a lot we can. Yeah. Do. Yeah. It could be unnerving when you think about it. But isn't it just a modern metaphor? I mean, like yes. I was. It's a metaphor. Everything's a metaphor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we just have new metaphors. And this is, a, this is a new metaphor for human beings. The idea that there potentially could be a intelligence that maybe is artificial, operating in the future, and, right. and, and communicating with, with us through time. And so that there's, that's a metaphor. We're operating in an extra dimension that we could not possibly understand. The idea of us being, living in a simulated universe, that's another metaphor. It's a modern-day metaphor. Yes. And so the myths about, around that are being created now, like the TV shows and the what have you. Right, but, you know, Aristotle said, I think it was Aristotle, or maybe, no, I think it was, uh, it might have actually been Solomon in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, you know, this idea of living in illusion, it does. It goes back to Buddha. Uh, there's some Western philosophers that have uh, thought about that yeah. for a while. Uh, Descartes basically tried to take apart everything that he believed until he came down to the point where the only thing that he could for sure prove was that he could think. And that's where that saying, I think, therefore I am, right. began. So, and I was actually watching my grandson play uh, a video game with the Incredible Hulk. You know? uh -huh. And 
you know, I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm the type of dimwit that really thinks a little too much. At least that's what my wife tells me. Right. She says, you think too deep about this. Yeah, that's, well, why, you, that's why she calls you a, a, a dimwit. A dimwit, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it. That's just the way my mind works. And I, I was watching The Incredible Hulk, and, you know, uh, my little five-year-old grandson, he's uh, operating this video game, and the Hulk is flying over buildings and, you know, uh, bringing down buildings and uh, doing inf incredible feats of strength. And it hit me. It's just the retelling of the story of Hercules. Right. And so we have this green guy mm -hmm. that we call the Hulk, but really Bruce Banner is the the calm one, the, the human part of the Hulk, and he's kind of uh, struggling with all of the things that he does whenever he's the Hulk. Right. Hercules uh, killed his whole family in a fit of rage, was known for his great strength. It seems that we... Uh, at least in our in this country here, I can't speak for other countries because I've never lived there. But it seems like we're simply retelling the yep. ancient myths right. over and over and over again to go along with what you're saying. Yes, you know, and um, we're we're forming these new ideas, but we think they're new, but but they're really not. Well, there is a book that was written on this very topic, and that uh, that was the Hero with a Thousand Faces mm. um, by Joseph Campbell, and um, that that book is had a huge impact on society because um, there were people like George Lucas who created the Star Wars Sega. You know, and believe it or not, I think I've actually heard of this guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah Joseph Campbell, uh, he was friends with George Lucas and George invited him to sit on the set while they filmed some of the scenes. And so the, what, the great contribution of, of Joseph uh, Campbell was that he uh, was an anthropologist, if I remember correctly, but he studied all these myths of, of human history. Yes, I do, I do remember this. Yeah. He was able to identify like 13 or 14 um, commonalities right. in the storytelling. Basic stories that all humans share right. in the way the myths occur. Yeah, right. I do remember this. Right. And so, you know, it, it, like it starts out with the hero being um, in his ordinary world. So you might use the example of of uh, George Luke's telling the story uh, with Luke Skywalker right. on ten, de uh, Tuween, mm -hmm. his home planet with his mm -hmm. aunt and his uncle. Mm -hmm. And so he's in his ordinary world, and then there's a call to adventure. The, the, the evil empire shows up at his doorstep. Right. right? And then he meets the wizard, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And then um, then there's the threshold guardians, which are the, the when he goes to the cantina, the cantina scene, mm -hmm. you know, and then he goes, I'm wanted on six planets. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, you know, he's like, you're about to lose an arm. You're about, he's like, yeah. Watch yourself, boy. Yeah. I'm, I'm wanted on six systems. Yeah. yeah. And um, so he, that represents the threshold guardian, according to the Joseph Campbell myth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the, the, the role of the threshold guardian is to test you to see how much you really want to, to, to you know, get out of your comfort zone and mm -hmm. go on this adventure. So, right. and we do find that in our in our real world lives, we do experience this. We yeah. like the bully I was telling you about earlier. Right. I mean, he was a threshold guardian. It was sure. like the question was, was I going to mature as a human being? And you know, he was put there in my path to you know be an obstacle that I would overcome. Sure. And and so that's my hero's journey. I just told you my little hero's journey. That's why it has good memes. That's right. why it gets repeated because right. you can identify with it from your own life. Right. We all can. Yeah. And that's that's the that's the essence of myth, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have now is new myths that are being created. Um, we're storytellers. Um, yeah. I mean, Hollywood makes money by telling stories. A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So, you know, in fact, there's software now that will run the Joseph Campbell Heroes Myth um, analysis of a story. So you can take a story, a screenplay, and you can go to Hollywood and say, hey, we want to make this into a movie. And they'll do like this analysis and they'll see if all the elements of the hero's journey are included. And if it is, then they know it's going to make money. You guys can't see me right now, but I am smiling in amazement. This is new, new This is news for me. Yeah. That is really pretty cool. Well, in a way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like there was a guy who worked at Disney, okay, and he was familiar with the hero's journey, uh -huh. and so uh, he wrote a paper for Disney for his uh, fellow, his, his peers, the people he worked with, and he presented it as um, the hero's journey or in storytelling or something of that nature, um, and it got widely read, and eventually it, um, it started to have an impact. In fact, if you look at all the Walt Disney films, they, without exception, they all follow the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even want to talk about Disney. Uh, my, 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 I raised two daughters, and I have seen so many Disney movies and so many Disney shows. And, uh, you know, Mark, you mentioned that all the Disney movies follow this certain pattern. Well, I can tell you, yes, they do. <laughs> and all of their TV shows, really, all it's the same story. They just put new kid actors in there. So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I can't remember the guy's name who wrote the paper, but he he would later publish his own book, and it's called the Writer's Journey. So if anybody, I'll put that, I'll put notes to it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so if anybody listening to this is interested, um, he actually has a DVD that you can get that's excellent. So anybody who's a um, you know aspiring storyteller or a writer who wants to learn more about the hero's journey, that I would recommend reading the book, The Writer's Journey, and okay. um, the 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 author escapes my memory right now, but I'll, again I'll put that in the show notes. So, but it's excellent, and the DVD is excellent. So, if you, um, you check that out, um, now, uh, you know you may um, because I want to look at it. Uh, if you have any uh, links for the, uh, I forget his first name, Campbell, mm -hmm. and some of his works and some of his theories, that would be great too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of information there. I figure there would be on the internet. Yeah. And um, this just came up in conversation, but uh, you know, if we would, if we wanted to, we could do a podcast on it because it's like it goes pretty deep. Sure, it really does. I think it'd be and, a good idea. Um, so my, what I'd like to do now is kind of just wrap things up. Yeah. And we've basically been talking here for twenty-five minutes. We're going to find another topic to entertain our audience and ourselves. Um, but <laughs> mostly ourselves. Because, you know, there's, you know, the one or two are you out there. Hopefully, you stay with us for twenty minutes. So thank you. But you never know. The great thing about a podcast is it's on demand. So I mean, yeah. who knows? You know, these these things could be people could listen to this a year from now, and you know, it, it's just you know, I say that in jest, but the reality of it is, is you know, even though Mark and I are kind of uh, being spontaneous, I, I think that uh, you know we still have a message to share uh, about finding common ground and about really the human experience. I think we do. And I think that um, understanding myths is important. Like, you know, Absolutely. one of the things that, um, uh, there's a, a book that was written called, I, I, I think it's called uh, The Myth Quotient. And uh, it, might, it might be hard to find. I'll have to go search for it. But um, it wasn't a popular book. But it did get my attention because at the time I was, what was, what was popular was the, uh, there was a book about emotional intelligence. Uh, and do you remember when that book was published, it became a big seller? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, there's been this whole debate about IQ and, you know, what is, how does it measure intelligence and does it measure intelligence fairly, exactly. you know, now, certain groups of people? I have my, I have some uh, fairly strong opinions on IQ 
and uh, you know, working with adolescents and in the school system. Uh, there's actually several theories of intelligence out there that uh, there's anywhere from five to nine types of intelligences. Tell you what, let's make that the subject of our next... Sounds good. We're going to go into it, and sure. I want to bring up this idea of the M quotient. In other words, whether or not you are able to identify uh, metaphors. If metaphors, hmm. you know, because I think that that is the right brain. And the left brain is the IQ. So in, yeah. the, in the left brain, the right brain, there's an EQ, there's an IQ, MQ, EQ, and FU, I think. No, <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> I'm familiar with the last one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll sign off for now and uh, see you on the next side. See you yeah. on the flip side. Y'all be cool. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.